Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of God today. All those who are in the sanctuary and in the drive-in church outside and also to our international ministers and people who tune in to the online uh, service. Welcome to the house of God. Welcome to the word. The message title today is the apple of the eye. The apple of the eye. There are a few scriptures that speak of the apple of the eye, only a few in the Bible, and maybe you have noticed them but haven't really pondered them well after this morning. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to write these scriptures on our hearts. These are beautiful scriptures of the Lord that deal with that phrase, the apple of the eye. The Bible says we are living epistles, living letters, and that the Lord is writing on the pages of our heart. How full is your book? How are you filling up the pages? Because the Word of God says that we are not written with ink, but we are written by the Spirit of God. The Word of God is written on our hearts, on the tablet of our hearts, by the Holy Spirit. That Word of God to be engraved in our hearts, written in our spirits. What a beautiful, miracle work of God that is. Now the surrender of the tablet is our responsibility. Here I am, Lord, right on my heart, every word. Right on my heart, your promises. Holy Spirit, get involved with me in this message and write these scriptures on my heart so they're there indelibly. See, the writing is his responsibility, but the surrender of our hearts, that is our responsibility. The apple of the eye. Psalm 17 and verse 8 says, Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Keep me, protect me, guard me as the apple of your eye. What does that mean? What is the apple of the eye? Well, perhaps it refers to the eye itself with its round form, the apple of the eye, but more probably it refers to the pupil of the eye. That little part, that black part within the eye itself. And it's spoken of as the apple of the eye, the pupil of the eye. I think it's best to uh, combine both aspects and say the apple of the eye is the eye with its pupil. It's also spoken of as the little man of the eye or the little daughter of the eye because in the pupil, when you look into a mirror, you can see your image reflected in miniature. The little man of the eye, the little daughter of the eye. It's known that when somebody is especially dear to you, especially loved, that it's spoken of as that person is the apple of your eye. Such affection. And we understand today how precious the eye is with its pupil. How, to, how guarded it must be. How cared for our eyes must be. And that the eye itself is a wonder with its bone structure and the placement of the eye within that, that uh, structure, the socket. And how the eye responds so quickly to any danger or injury that would come against it. The whole body is, has, has a defense mechanism against any threat against our eye. Keep me, Jesus, as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Two beautiful illustrations of the care of God. Now God promises that he will keep us as the apple of the eye. He would guard us 
like we would guard our own eyes from injury, from any damage that would take place. The Lord ministering to us these beautiful words, keep me as the apple of your eye. The eye is such a miracle, the miracle of sight, the wonder of sight. Who can understand it? Who can even find words to describe how great this gift of God is, the miracle of the eye with its sight, how that light enters in through the pupil, and this pupil dilates and contracts according to the amount of light that it needs, and light pours through the pupil and forms an image on the retina, and we see. It's an absolute miracle, the miracle of sight. So precious, so wonderful. Of all the five senses, five physical senses, sight, I think we'd agree, stands alone. Hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, but sight is stunning. Sight is absolutely spectacular and amazing, a true gift from God. The best camera in the world is your eyes. The best camera in the world is your eyes. With your eyes, when you open them, you can take in a world in a moment, a world in living color. You can see detail. You can see abroad. You can see sight is almost limitless. The other senses have limitation to them, but sight is almost limitless. You can see the clouds. You can See the moon, 40,000 miles away. You can see the sun, 93 million miles away. You can see beyond the stars. This precious gift of our eyes. Keep me, Jesus, as the apple of your eye. God says, I will keep you as the apple of my eye. I will watch over you. In Deuteronomy 32.10, the scripture says, God found us. He found him. Speaking of Israel, we'll apply it. God found us in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. God says, I found my people in a wasteland, in a wilderness. I found them in a barren land, and I took them, and I began to watch over them. I began to instruct you and lead you, and I kept you as the apple of my eye. So quick to defend us, so quick to protect us. The truth is, all of us were found in a wasteland. God found us in a desert land of sin. God found us in a howling wilderness. The philosophies of men, the false religions of the world, the ideologies of men. He found us in a wasteland. Our life was wasted, but God took us. Amazing grace. I once was lost, but now am found. God found us in the wilderness. This is the story of our redemption. He took us. He encircled us. He's instructing us. He's leading us. He's taking care of us as he would the apple of his eye. So precious, so guarded are we before the Lord. The eye is so protected. Think of its servants, its attendants. We have the eyelid, which opens and closes to ward off danger and to keep out dust and debris. 
Even at night, you know, the eye is the only member of the body that has special protection. God says, I'm keeping you as the apple of the eye. There's special protection upon the eye. When we go to sleep at night, the eyelid isn't there simply to keep the light out of our eyes, but it's there to protect the eye during the hours that we are not awake and not attentive to our eyes. The eyelashes are there to strain the wind so it doesn't over-irritate our eyes. The eyebrows are there to provide shade from the sun and to dissipate and ward off the perspiration of the brow. The eye has a watering system all its own with a unique solution. A unique solution created by God to wash and cleanse continually so that it remains clear and that our vision is not obscured. The eye has a intricate bone structure. It's set in a bed of bones. Intricate, tiny bones that make up the eye. And of course, the protection of the body. My, if something comes to injure your eye, if something is coming against your eye, the eye responds, but your whole body reacts to ward off danger. God says, I keep you as the apple of my eye. Just like you'd protect your eye, God says, I protect you that way, and so much more. Zechariah 2.8, For thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me, that is, the Father sent Jesus, in prophetic language, For thus says Jehovah, I sent Jesus after glory to the nations which plunder you, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. He who touches you touches the apple of God's eye. Such affection, so precious, so guarded. It says after the glory, God sent Jesus to the nations that plunder us. It speaks of Christ's glorious mission, that God sent Jesus on a glorious mission to redeem and recover us out of the nations. It also speaks of the fact that the glory that God wants to impart into our lives. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know Adam and Eve were stripped of the glory of God in the hour of their disobedience and sinfulness. But the Bible says Jesus has been sent into the nations to recover that glory to our lives, that we would walk in dignity and honor and strength and wisdom and power once again, that we would come back into the image of God. After the glory, God sent Jesus into the nations to redeem and recover us. And the Bible says he's going to protect us. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. I trust we're comforted today in the great care of God, the great love of God toward us, the great protection, how precious we are in the sight of the Lord, how greatly he cares for us. He says, anybody that touches you touches the apple of my eye. Three points this morning. Number one, protect your relationship with Jesus. Protect your relationship with Jesus. Psalm 17, 8, keep me as the apple of your eye. Jesus, keep me as the apple of your eye. 
We used to sing a chorus in Pentecostal circles when I was young. Keep me, Jesus, as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. You alone can keep me, lest I die. Keep me, Jesus, as the apple of your eye. This morning, point number one, protect your relationship with Jesus. Keep me, Jesus, as the apple of your eye. And in response, we say, we keep Jesus as the apple of our eye. I am my beloved's, and he is mine. This relationship goes two ways. It's not him simply keeping me, but that I would keep my relationship with him strong and pure and powerful as well. Keep Jesus as the apple of your eye. Protect the relationship with the Lord. We know with our eye, if there's any attempt at injury, we respond so quickly. And that's how we should be toward the Lord. If there's anything that wants to defile our relationship with the Lord, an immorality, a misconduct, any idleness or carelessness in our life, that we would immediately react against that to protect the relationship with the Lord. That we would guard that above all things. Day and night, guarding our relationship, guarding the honor with the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body, the light that goes into the body is through the eye. If therefore, the light that is in you, or if your eye is good, he said, if therefore your eye is good, if your eye is clear, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. The light of the body is the eye. If your eye is good, if your eye is clear, if your eye is looking at the right things, your whole being will be full of light. The light of the Lord. But if your eye is bad, Jesus said, your whole body will be full of darkness. If your eye is bad, if you're looking at the wrong things, or if you're looking wrong at things, your whole body will be full of darkness. How important it is for us to keep our eyes clear and clean before the Lord, to look unto Jesus, to keep our eyes clear that the light of God may enter into our being. I like what it says about Moses in Deuteronomy 34, 7. Until his, the final hours of his life, his eye was not dim and his natural force was not abated. Wow. Can you imagine that? Until we close our eyes in death, that our eyes would not be dim. They would be strong. They would be clear. They would be filled with the light of the Lord. They'd be filled with the vision of God. Moses, 120 years of age, his eye was not dim, and his natural force, his strength was not diminished. What a walk with God. Protect your relationship with the Lord. That's point number one today. Protect your relationship with the Lord. Guard your relationship with the Lord like you would guard the apple of your eye. All day long, every day of your life. Number two, Protect your relationship with the Word, with the Word of God. Protect your relationship with the Word. Proverbs 7 and 2 says, Keep my commands and live, and my law as the apple of your eye.
Keep my word. Keep the law of the Lord. Keep my commandments as you would the apple of your eye, so protecting of the word of God in your life. Keep your eye on the word. Keep your eye on the word. Protect it as you would the pupil. Protect it as you would your eye itself. That anything that would come against the knowledge of the word or the promises of God in your life, there would be an immediate reaction in you to ward off that threat. Any suggestion, any doubt, any unbelief, we know the enemy comes to undermine the word of God and the promises of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. But the enemy comes to cast suspicion on the word of God, on the promises of God. He's always trying to twist the word and twist our hearts. Now the Bible says we are to keep the commandments of the Lord, keep the word of God, keep the law of the Lord, guard it like you would the apple of your eye. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he not spoken, and will he not do it? Has he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Of course he will. But the enemy comes. The first words of Satan on the pages of the Bible, Yea, has God said. The first voice of the enemy, and he's still at it. Yea, has God said. Yea, can God do. Yea, can God furnish a table in the wilderness. Well, the answer is yes, he can. He's true to his word. He's true to his promise. And we must protect the word of God as we would protect the apple of our eye. That any threat, there would be an immediate reaction against doubt, suspicion, undermining of the Word of God. We would speak the promise of God. Keep the law. Keep the Word. Keep the Word as the apple of your eye. Sometimes people get discouraged. Christians get disappointed. They think perhaps the Lord has let them down, that He's not faithful to His Word, that somehow they're kind of on their own, and that God has abandoned them. The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Not until the end of the world. I am with you night and day. I never slumber and sleep. I'm watching over you. I'm working out my purposes in your life. I will be your guide even unto death. When doubt comes, and that's just one example, but there are voices, and you can hear them every day at times to undermine the word, to undermine the promise of God, to bring defeat to bring unbelief into your heart and life. But we speak the promise of God, and we keep it like the apple of our eye. We react immediately. We react rather violently to any attempt of the enemy to undermine the word of God and the promises of God in our life, our family, our church, and the promises of the word. It's important to write the word of God on your heart. It's important to memorize and get that Word of God on the tablets of your heart because the Holy Spirit uses the words that have been written in our heart in times of battle, in times of injury, in times of threat. 
The Bible speaks of the word of God, the rhema of God, which is the sword of the Holy Spirit. Above all, taking the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the rhema of God, the sword of the Spirit, it's called. The word that comes alive in us when we are under attack is spoken of as the sword of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the word that we put down in our life, the promises of God that are built down into the deep recesses of our heart and held there as mighty treasure, it's like that is a sword. And the Holy Spirit in time of battle pulls that sword out of the sheath and said, it is written, and the enemy falls. Protect the Word of God in your life. Protect your relationship with the Word. Keep my commandments, God says, and live. And my law as the apple of your eye. Number three, protect your prayer time with the Lord. Protect your relationship with Jesus. Don't let anything defile it, hinder it, block out the light. Protect your relationship with the Word, with the promise of God. Keep your eye on the Word. Let nothing defile the promise of God and your faith believing in it. And number three, protect your prayer time with the Lord. Lamentations 2.18. Listen to this verse. Let tears run down like a river day and night. Let not the apple of your eye cease. Let tears run down like a river day and night. Give yourself no rest. Give yourself no rest. Let not the apple of your eye cease. Protect your prayer time with the Lord. Let tears run down. Do not rest. Let the apple of your eye be protected. Let this prayer life be protected. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done in recent months. As Pastor Mark said a few weeks ago, the Lord has transitioned us on Sunday mornings from the little prayer room to the big prayer room. And what a blessing it is. You know, the Lord takes us from glory to glory. And now we come in on Sunday morning and we start praying and worshiping in the sanctuary and we flow and move seamless, seamlessly into the worship service and on into the Word. What a blessing of God. This is one of the prayer times. Protect your prayer time before the Lord. This is critical to our salvation, to our Christian life, to our walking in the victory and power of God. You know, come early. Prayer time, we say, starts at 9.30 till 10, but you can come early, and some do. Why don't you come at 9? Why don't you come at 9.15? Jesus said, what? He was surprised. Could you not watch and pray for one hour? Come early. Stay late with this schedule we have on now because of the current situation in the world we're staying open till 2 p.m. in the afternoon and some people are staying and praying till 2 p.m. protect your prayer time with the Lord I love Acts 3 and 1 it says then Peter and John went up into the temple 
being the hour of prayer. Peter and John went into the house of the Lord, into the congregation of the Lord, because it was the hour of prayer. Corey Ten Boom said, don't just pray when you feel like it. Make an appointment with God and keep it. Don't just pray when you feel like it. Make an appointment with God and keep it. These ordinances of the Lord, and there are quite a number of them, ordinances are spiritual duties. They're spiritual obligations and responsibilities. Prayer time with the Lord is an ordinance. Church attendance is an ordinance. Bible reading is an ordinance. Financial giving is an ordinance. These ordinances are there for a purpose to keep us spiritual and keep us strong. And when we fail from the ordinances, we fail in our spiritual strength because they're there for that purpose, to keep us walking with the Lord, to keep us strong in the Lord, to keep us monitored properly before the Lord. If we will honor and obey the ordinances of the Lord, we will know the strength of the Lord because his supply flows through. Prayer time is a time where we receive the supply of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul said. He said, I know that this will turn to my salvation because of your prayers and the supply of the Holy Spirit. The supply of the Holy Spirit pours into our lives as we seek the Lord and as we pray fervent prayers before the Lord. Protect your prayer time before the Lord. We have other situations during our week in the natural areas, and we protect them. You think of somebody that has an exercise program, and they know every two or three days or ever how many times a week they're going to be on their exercise program, be it in the gym or outdoors, and they guard that time, don't they? Say, nobody's going to interfere with that time. That is time for me to strengthen my body to exercise, and they guard that time because they know that if they don't, they're going to fall off the habit and the pattern, and it's going to be to their demise in physical terms. It's going to hinder them. It's going to weaken their body. So people in the natural, we take these times during the week. You think of meal times. My, they are planned. They are planned. You would not interfere with those mealtimes unless there's some, you know, emergency or other situation. But they are planned into the week. Do you know that the Lord wants us to plan our prayer times into the week and not miss them and not hinder them so that we can stay strong? Because the Bible says bodily exercise profits a little. Physical exercise profits a little. But godliness, godly exercise, profits for all things. It's profitable for all things, and it has a promise, not only for this world, but for the world to come. So we guard our prayer time, and we must monitor it. I'm encouraging you today, protect your prayer time with the Lord. Don't let the enemy trifle with it. Don't let your flesh trifle with it. Follow the Lord. Obey. Say, I've got certain times in the week, this is where I seek the Lord, and I seek him fervently. You know, sometimes people ask me, 
Pastor Ron, how many hours are in a message? How many hours are in a sermon? And my standard answer is 18. 12 hours of prayer and six hours of preparation. I think the ratio is good, two to one. And I monitor. I monitor my prayer hours during the week. And I make sure that I get them in. Because I know what it takes to live an anointed life with the Lord. And have the power of God and have the word of the Lord alive in my spirit. So that I can sense his power, sense his presence. You know I'm not that young anymore. I'm not a novice. I know what it takes to walk with the Lord in the level I want to walk at. And the Apostle Paul said, the measure to which God has brought you, walk in that measure. Don't let it fall. I monitor my prayer hours. I count them out during the week. I make sure I'm filling in at least 12 hours a week in these realms of seeking the Lord so that I can live the life I want to live in the Holy Spirit. Protect your prayer time before the Lord. Guard it. Listen to Lamentations. I read verse 18 earlier. Verse 19, it says, Arise, cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Spill your heart out like water. Your requests are just pouring out. Your worship is pouring out. Supernatural utterance is pouring out. It says, lift up your hands toward him for the life of your young children. Verse 18 and 19 together. Let tears run down like a river day and night. Give yourself no rest. Let not the apple of your eyes cease. Arise, cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up your hands toward him for the life of your young children. Point number three today, protect your prayer time with the Lord. And why don't you do a little exercise, if you think of it this afternoon or during the week, and add up your hours of fervent praise and worship and see where you're at and say, my, this is something. i got to protect this as the apple of my eye. This is critical to my spiritual life. This is critical to the inheritance of my family. This is critical to the generational anointing and blessing that I want to go down into three and four generations that I'm responsible for. Protect your prayer time with the Lord. Wow. Check it out and add it up. Maybe there's some adjustment that needs to be made. If the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, why wouldn't we diligently seek him? If God offers to every one of us a life of prevailing prayer that'll bring tremendous result and inheritance and future, then why wouldn't we give ourselves wholeheartedly and pour out our heart like water and lift up our hands toward heaven for the life of our children and let tears run down from our cheeks day and night? Let not the apple of your eye cease, the Bible says. This is one of the great blessings of the Lord. Well, I want to close out with Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. 
Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, who twist their life, who bind their life in with the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This great promise of God in Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, the Bible says, even the youths shall faint and grow weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. The truth is this. If we don't learn to wait on the Lord, we will grow weary. We will faint of the promise of God. We will grow weary in the Christian life. Our strength will diminish. If we don't learn to wait on the Lord, we will utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord will increase their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Protect your prayer life before the Lord. And God bless you this morning. Let's stand together. Father, we're lifting up our hearts to you right now, Lord. Father, we say keep us as the apple of your eye. Keep us as the apple of your eye, Lord. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your precious love and care. You're watching over us day and night. Your eye is always upon us. And Father, according to the word of God this morning, we know there are some things we need to protect that should be more precious to us than even the sight of our natural eyes, that we would protect our relationship with Jesus. Is there anything that's defiling today, any compromise? Lord, anyone, if we're looking at things we shouldn't be looking at, we're looking in a wrong way at life and your word and your promises, Father, that there would be cleansing today. Let our eyes be washed by the Holy Spirit. We anoint our eyes with ISAV this morning that we might see. Lord, that we would protect our relationship with your word. Your word would be precious to us, as precious as the sight of our eyes to us. We would watch over your word, Lord. We would watch over it. Our eyes would be on the word. That, Lord, we would protect the promises, Lord. That any voice that would come against the word, Lord, we would react immediately. We'd react swiftly against it and speak the promise of God. Our Bible reading time. Our time with you in the word, Father God, that it would be protected by us. We might be strong in you. Your word would be strong in us. And Lord, that we would protect today the prayer time before you, Lord. The hours, Lord, of this ordinance that are required every week to keep us holy, to keep us strong, to keep the supply of the Spirit in our life, Father God. We would honor this ministry and this ordinance of the Lord. We thank you this morning. Thank you for your great love. You took us out of a desert, Lord, the desert of sin. You took us out of a howling wilderness, the winds of this world. 
took us out of the wasteland, Lord, that left us disinherited, without a future, Lord, without hope, and you brought us to yourself, and now you're guiding us, and you're encircling us, and you're instructing us, and you're keeping us as the apple of your eye, and we praise you, and we rejoice in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. call on the name of the Lord. If anyone is here today, sanctuary or drive-in church, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, call on the name of the Lord. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be saved, have life in Christ. Amen.